0: Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September twenty second, two 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I am your host on this Sunday afternoon. Hope that your uh, weekend is flowing smoothly. I know mine is. I'm here with Kevin Farrell, our producer. We always appreciate his input, patience, and his uh, spiritual advice. My guest today is my old friend, John Mohead. We'll refer to him simply as Mohead moving forward because that's his stage name. Am I right, John?
1: Uh, until my Scots-Irish uh, family came here in 17-something, yeah, it, uh, I, th- I think it transitioned from Moorhead to Mohead, but we won't go there. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, I've always said Mohead.
1: <laughs> that's what everybody does, yeah. yeah.
0: It's like the town. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Mohead. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, welcome. We're glad you're yeah, here. Yeah,
1: thank you. Thanks for having
0: me. Uh, so you are currently residing uh, in uh, Moon Lake, which is uh, not a town or a village, it's a community?
1: How did you describe it? Uh, that's a like? good way, you know, uh, community. It is. Yeah, it's an unincorporated um, mm-hmm. Mississippi community. The nearest uh, incorporated town is Lula, and um, and then we have the Mississippi River on the west. So, right. yeah, we're <laughs> we're surrounded by Now, water. speaking
0: of the Mississippi River, you were born in Memphis, uh, not far from the riverbanks, right?
1: In the same hospital that Elvis died in. Oh, boy. Uh, the, the old Baptist Hospital downtown. And how long yeah. did you live
0: in Memphis before you came south?
1: Uh, not long. Um, a couple years, I guess, um, and then, um, a family, um, I've got a you know, huge clan of family around the Moon Lake area and that's, that's where we settled.
0: So you you grew up going to Moon Lake always? Is that or, or did,
1: you know when I yeah we we didn't live on the lake, but it was a big deal when my grandmother would take us to the lake. You know to um, eat, to go to yeah, the restaurant, yeah. to, to
0: well, go skiing, go boating, um, fishing, whatever. Well,
1: they didn't take us out to to restaurants, you know, at that age. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was we were that would have been pretty risky. <laughs> um, but yeah, she uh, she had a cabin on the lake, and she would take us down there and. Uh, you know, we made homemade ice cream and, you know, it's it it the stuff that, you know, hmm. your lake house. Has yeah, has yeah. Like Lake house. Yeah.
0: And is it still that? Are there still people with week, weekend lake houses on, oh, yeah. on Moon Lake? Is that and, primarily
1: what it is? Uh, probably half of it. There's mm-hmm. probably, I don't know, 250 households on Moon Lake and probably at least a third of them are, are Memphis Weekenders,
0: And how would you describe sort of in the elevator version for people who don't really know the legend of Moon Lake? It was a very legendary place. A lot of interesting things went on. A lot of musicians played there. It yeah. had a mystique about it growing up.
1: Um, well, it started out as as part of the main channel of the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was around, you know, whatever, that um, the big New Madrid earthquake. Uh, that made the river flow backwards. I think right. it started changing channels. You know, uh, the, the main channels started shifting westward, um, but it was still open, and uh, private landowners made their own levies um, probably in the 1840s, I guess, mm-hmm. to try to you know, keep the river out right. and try to farm the land around it. Uh, in the 18... I think it was 1863, uh, Ulysses S. Grant and his campaign to get to Vicksburg... Um, he uh, blasted a hole in the levee right there at Moon Lake and made his whole flotilla through Moon Lake so he, mm-hmm. we always say that you know, Grant was the first tourist of Moon Lake Yeah. You know. <laughs> Do you know um, Grant's
0: papers at Mississippi State University? I
1: just read that the other day
0: Mississippi has two presidential libraries uh, one for Jefferson Davis on the Mississippi Gulf Coast yeah. and the other for Ulysses S. Grant
1: uh, Who did that deal? know uh, yeah.
0: A guy named uh, uh I'm getting his name wrong, a professor at Mississippi State, was uh, a Grant uh, scholar. And uh, and he came to work at Mississippi State and brought the papers with him and huh. asked Mississippi State if they would make a home for him. And they agreed. And they've just recently done a complete renovation of the fourth floor of the library and put the papers up there and the whole presidential muse- uh, library is up there. It's amazing. Huh. That is amazing. Anyway, so after Grant, Man. then
1: um. – well, uh, Grant took his flotilla down the Yazoo Pass, which is the outlet of Moon Lake, and I think they got as they probably got as far as Greenwood, I think, and uh, got turned around. He abandoned that idea, but uh, there's two um, ironclads supposedly. Rumor has it that there's two ironclads that were sunk in Yazoo Pass, not too far off of Moon Lake. So uh-huh. uh, low water, everybody says they can see the turrets, you know. Wow. it's kind of cool.
0: So uh, what town did you live in as a child? Did Was it—wasn't uh, Clarksdale, was it?
1: No, but, like, you know, I went to school in Clarksdale. That was, That's where that you was, went to yeah, school. Yeah. Okay. It yeah. was, like, you know, 20 minutes from Moon Lake.
0: First stage performance of Greg Allman's Midnight Rider uh, at the Methodist Church.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I just—I I probably got the bug uh, at that point, yeah.
0: That's when you abandoned sports and took up music?
1: That was kind of later on. That was— mm-hmm. um You know, I was uh, uh, probably always somewhat of a loner, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm a total right-brainer, and I was just kind of in my own world and, uh, uh, you know, was in, you know, junior high band and all that and then also did football. And, um, you know, I got the attention of more girls with football than I did my uh, (laughs) saxophone skills, so I think I stuck with uh, football for a while. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, broke broke my ankle and— was laid up in the uh, football team. Manager uh, played country music, oddly enough, and um, and his family was a friend of Conway Twitty's. So, you know, oh. I thought, well, hmm, we'll try to give this <laughs> a try. See, you know? see how that works. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, speaking of you know Moon Lake, I mean, you know, Conway Twitty is his mother lived there. In fact, I remember when his mother was there and his uh, son Michael Twitty. You know, they were all. I mean. I, not to know all those folks but um, and then Conway himself had a nightclub. Right across from, right across the street from the restaurants I've got now. Uh There, it was. It was called Conway's, believe it or not.
0: (laughs) Now, Catherine's, which is the restaurant that that was open there in the '30s, yeah, and that you now own and operate. Yep. Uh, We're going to talk more about the restaurant later, but is that a place that the tangents would have taken me back in the '80s, uh, just for where bands played and good times were had? By all,
1: they didn't. uh, I don't think they had music uh, there so much. there was another place uh, right next to it um, called Uncle Henry's, Okay, and they ca- occasionally did. How but, many uh,
0: establishments, public establishments, are there on one like?
1: Well, uh, we've got the only show in town now. Back, mm-hmm. back then, there were Uncle Henry's and, and Catherine's.
0: So um, at its heyday, though, were there three, four, or always I, I think just there two? Were,
1: yeah, there were several. Um, you know, Catherine's, the place I've got, uh, they had like this closed-door policy where you know, they wouldn't let you in unless they knew you. They had right. like, it was a speakeasy thing. Correct. And, um,
0: like the Crystal Grill in Greenwood.
1: Yeah. And, and it was totally, it wasn't, you know, like a, you know, a profiling thing. It was just like, you know, they sold illegal booze. Right. You now, Mississippi was not uh, legally wet until like, what, 1970 or something like that?
0: Well, no, it was earlier than that. I think 64 so. But, uh, you know, for package stores. Yeah. And then finally, to, to go into a bar and have a drink, it was almost yeah. the 60s. Yeah. I mean, the 70s for yeah. sure.
1: Because when we, we started renovating Catherine's, we started tearing up some of the floor, and we found just cases and cases of empty half pint bottles oh, boy. underneath. They ought to be worth something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know. Uh, but at some point early in your life, you you got interested in the blues, started hanging out with Sam Carr, going to his house, and uh, yeah. gigging with him, right, or learning slide from him. Well,
1: right? yeah, because I got like introduced to you know Conway Twitty and country music. Uh, back when it was really country music, you know, that was like in the um, late 70s, early 80s. And um, and then the, uh, the Jelly Roll Kings, uh, who were just like the seven degrees of separation from Conway. You know, mm-hmm. The uh, Jelly Roll Kings, which were the local blues band, they were the house band at Conway's. And again, you know, I didn't know that much later, but... Um, Sam Carr was the drummer for them. You know, Sam Carr, Frank Frost, Harmonica King, and, um, um, uh, Big Jack Johnson. Oh, boy. That's a guitar player. That's, that's that an all-star band. Jelly- I know, man. <laughs> I know. Um, and, you know, they had done an album that was, like, huge in Europe, you know, as a lot of blues was then, you know. And, um, I started going over to Sam's house, and, you know, and I kind of got bored with country, I guess. It was like, oh, let's see what the other side's doing, yeah. you know, and, um. <laughs> He had a little music room in the back of his house. He lived in the middle of a cotton field, and I mean it was just surreal, you know it was surreal back then. it really is looking back on it and um uh, he had a fender Rhodes keyboard set up that Frank would play, and he had his drum kit, and Jack would come over and i mean and people would just show up you know it mm-hmm. was just it was phenomenal experience <laughs> yeah, and then later, i mean I, you know, I didn't know anything then it's like. And so, you know, Sam, what's that uh, that purple Gretsch guitar hanging off the wall? And he said, "Oh, that was that was my father's." And I said, well, who who's your father? Robert Nighthawk. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, yeah, that, that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, what's this slide? You know, <laughs> who made this slide? It was a uh, it was a piece of copper. I, I use a socket wrench, but yeah. it was a piece of copper. It's like who's that uh, was his father's? Wow. You know, just stuff like that. And It was such a shame. Like toward the end of Sam's life, um, this Japanese collector came through. Offered him a thousand dollars for yeah. all of it and sold it. I it's mean, gone. it's just yeah. yeah, it's in a collection in Japan somewhere now. I guess.
0: So then you uh, you went up to Memphis, and knocked on Sam Phillips' door when you were about seventeen or so. Yeah, right. You thought then you were going to make a record.
1: Well, I just you know you get the bug, you know, and. Um, at that point in most musicians' life, you know you're bulletproof. You're not scared of anything, right? Uh, because you don't know to be scared. You know <laughs> you have to learn. Fire, like yeah, big deal. You know, um, so um, you know he just he listened to me and said, "Keep picking." <laughs> Good like, luck, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it is. You know, the the older you get, the more. You know, reserved, you. You start thinking, well, maybe I'm not that good. <laughs> you know, but it, it, when you're a teenager, you know, Garage Band thing. Yeah. You know, think about it. You're you know, full of angst and. You know, you know three you, chords. I mean, yeah. Like, let's go. What else do you need? You know.
0: And at some point thereafter, you dropped out of Delta State and decided to go to Nashville. Is that right? Well,
1: I got a. I, I pitched some songs. Um, before i got there and um i got a call one day and said hey this group you know they were on i don't know it's epic they were on a major label and um they had some push behind them and uh they just cut you know one of your songs and um you know you might to start trying to write some more so i said well see you this week You know? yeah pack it up move yeah. to
0: nashville Okay, we're going to uh, take a little break here and listen to some music. And uh, we've asked Mohead we to do two things. One was to play us a, an acoustic tune live here in the studio and then also to share from his new record, his uh, his new album called Son of the South. And this particular tune, you want to set it up real quick? Then we're going to play the title track, Son of the South.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like um, I, I'm trying to live by that uh Fulgur mantra and write about what you know. So um, this song, just listen to the lyrics. Uh, songs about what we all know, you know, growing up here. All right,
0: Son of the South. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I am your host today in the studio with... John Mohead. Welcome yes, back sir. John Thank you Glad you're here that. that tune we just listened to is from your brand new record LP whatever you call them disc these days uh, so this is like hot off the press right
1: Yeah uh, It's been out nationally for about eight weeks I guess mm-hmm. um, going to AAA radio with it and, um, and That's then,
0: Americana to those of us who don't yeah, speak in Yeah and, um,
1: and then it gets released in Europe by um, a label that uh, used to have me there. Uh, it's called Continental. It gets released in Europe in um, September, I believe.
0: So where did you record this this piece of At, music?
1: Uh, wonderful Ardent Studios. Oh, boy. About as good as it gets. It, it was a wonderful experience. I mean, it just, you know, that place could be a museum mm-hmm. um, with all the hits, all the gold and platinum records on the wall and uh, the stories that the engineers tell and... Um, Jody Stevens, who was the drummer in Big Star, Jody's still there. He still works there. Wow. And, uh And he's just super guy, man, super uh, supporter. And, I, you know, I kept coming in. It's like, man, I hadn't done this in 10 years. He's like, and he you got just, it. Oh, I know. No. Yeah, he was the way he was every morning.
0: Now, how many of these songs did you write? I mean, I know that you did not write Louisiana 1927. Uh,
1: unfortunately, no. No, because if you I, had, you wouldn't be sitting the, here the, talking to me, yeah, right? Yeah, this fellow named Randy Newman wrote that yeah.
0: one. And Blue Canoe, that's a... Uh, Carrie Hudson. Carrie Hudson song. Yeah. What about the others? Yeah, Everything Else, everything is, else that, is yours. Everything yeah. Else is yours. Okay, great, great. So so this process of writing these tunes from start to finish, I'm going to make a record, i got to be in the studio by such and such date. How long does, does this take you?
1: Well, this... Um, I, I took my time on this um, usually... In the old days, ten years ago, when I did this with the label and the label's paying for it, Mm -hmm. you go in, you've got said budget, and you go in, and knock it out, hopefully in a week. That's you know the parameters that I when I was on uh, Rounder and Jim Jim O'Neill's label, Um, a a week is about it. Mm -hmm. And you know if you had your stuff together, you could do it. But you were uh, I was always like man, I wish I'd have done this different. Or I wish I'd have done that. Right. And so with this, I, you know, I went through a long dry spell and I didn't know if I could do this and I didn't know if I really wanted to do this. So I tiptoed, um, into it. And so I booked like two days at a time and I went in and it's like, okay, this is like riding a bike. I you know, I can do this. And Laid down a rhythm track and a guitar, uh, drums and guitar, and took it back home. listened to it for a couple of days, booked two more days. I mean, so I, I drew it out. I for, got you. And um, you know, it, it just—it was a building process. And um, you know, rather than going, we didn't cut everything. The whole thing live. But, you know, I was feeling my way through it. Is producing is probably my, you know least um, knowledgeable aspect of this you know you producing to me is just hearing things you know that are in the unknown and you try to insert that on tape Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't right um it can be one of the best players best musicians in the world and sometimes it just doesn't work you know so uh it's it's back to the cooking thing you know it's so so many similarities between that and you know, you might think this fennel would really set this dish off, right. but, you know, some fennel's Killed one of those it. things that, you know, <laughs> kind of like a cello, you know? Yeah. cello just doesn't work on everything. You know? Right. Um, I, I actually used a cello for the first time on this record um, on two songs. And what and instruments just
0: did you play on this?
1: Um, I played everything but drums and cello. Mm-hmm. I played uh, bass, played B3, piano, guitars, um, Dr. John Brand from uh, Hattiesburg is playing uh, a solo on one of those tracks. Uh, She Won't Be Home, I think is the name of that song. Uh, Dr. John Brand is, we're cousins, but uh, his son was the, um, he was in Ole Miss Theater Department and won, you know, all these awards for his theater production and his writing. He writes his own plays, and he's in LA now, so I guess father might hopefully will steal some thunder from junior
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so what this is record number what
1: um six one six so so
0: you made five records in your first career yeah your first run at this which which was with a band called mohead right and uh on rounder working with jim o'neill
1: some is that right yeah that was the first record yeah uh jim did um And I, you know, all the days I was in Nashville, I I didn't have, I had publishing deals, but I never had a record deal. Jim was the one who, you know, he did, he was a a strict, and still is, a strict blues purist, Right. Um, but he wanted to branch out knowing that, you know, there is a lot more music in Mississippi other than just blues, and um, so he... Started this production thing called Ocratone, mm-hmm. and he shopped that out to Rounder, and that's where that came about.
0: At the same time, he was uh, publishing Living Blues magazine, living in yeah. Clarksdale, had the record store. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And doing this as
1: well. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, what year was this? 97, I believe. Okay. And that store was just, I mean, it was a mecca unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, you know, I met Billy Gibbons in there. He yeah. just strolls in and just. You know, Jim O'Neill was was literally a guru. Right. People were coming from all over the world. I mean, you know, heads of labels, um, you know, Robert Plant, his first visit to Clarksdale. That's where he went. He sought him out. Um, And so, you know, being under Jim's wing was I mean, it was huge to me, you know. Um, And I was the first white artist that he'd ever cut. He'd never cut anybody like, like any genre like that.
0: And of course, uh, Jim still is one of the scholars on the Mississippi uh, Blues Trail. He does yeah. all the marker work. Still writes. Still does research. He's very active. but He doesn't live in Mississippi anymore.
1: Uh, Kansas City. Yeah. But, oh. Yeah. Um, but that record actually, it was real raw, and you know, it's you know, it's it was just raw, and um, and it we cut it all live, and it was you know, it was in Jim's style. It was it was you know, it was. a— uh, more of a roots version of his the blues stuff that he and got.
0: that was Lula City Limits yes, yeah,
1: and um, and that's how I got the, the gig with Bob Dylan. Through that, uh, Bob Dylan's and his band were passing through Clarksdale, stopped at Shelly Ritter's uh, Delta Blues Museum, and that she had my CDs there, and along with others, and they they bought my CD. And um, one this I don't know, it was months afterwards. I get a call, and this is nobody was really using cell phones then. This is like says ninety seven, ninety eight. I get a call, and um, Scott said that um, Bob would like for you to open um, (laughs) for him in Memphis and Birmingham and maybe Mobile. And you know, I just you know Bob, Bob who, uh, Bob Dylan. (laughs) And uh, so I'm just like, who in the heck is this? You know, Um, and the guy kept saying, no, I'm, I can't remember his name now. Um, but he was Dylan's road manager. And he's like, you yeah, know, Bob, won't you to?" Know? And, um, so finally we, we cut through the chase and it was legit. And, um, they send me a contract and I'm just like, I'm calling all my friends Like, man, you won't believe it. I'm open enough for Dylan, you know? And the day before, I think the first one was, um, I think the first one was in Birmingham. Or Mobile, that's what it was. Um, the day before, they called me up and said, Bob decided not to do an opener. <laughs> and I was devastated. I mean, it's the ups and downs of the music business. I was just like, oh my gosh, yeah. Wow. That's when he was doing like small theater shows. So I just, you know, went into severe depression, yeah. <laughs> After that, that would have ended most careers um, right there. And then uh like a month or so, two months later, they called me back and uh, said, um, Bob would like for you to be at the New Days, he owned such and such date and uh there was one other date um, with it and that was I think in um I think it was in Georgia, but um uh, John Rusky came as my roadie, you know, because Rusky like this huge Dylan fan. Yeah. And I said, yeah. oh, "Man, I'm opening up for Dylan at the New Days. if you want to come?"
0: Said, sure, <laughs> sure.
1: So, um, so we're backstage. We, you know, get the you know the opening act sounds check and all that. And uh, Dylan comes in, and he he has all this security, which I was amazed by. I mean, like guys with you know machine guns. Yeah, and stuff. He's I mean, it's like <laughs> serious security. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Dylan had like this, you know, string time. Yeah and his cowboy hat and I'll never forget as long as I live Rusky's first comment out of his mouth cuz Dylan's here he's you know shaking our hands and uh, Dylan starts walking off and Ru- Rusky says he looks just like Mr. Lincoln and I was like that's so bizarre it's like what do you mean he looks like Mr. Lincoln you know? <laughs> Mr. Lincoln looks like Bob Dylan what do you mean <laughs> Oh man. So
0: the list of people you work with is, is pretty impressive. The Allman Brothers, Little Feet, Billy Joe Shaver, Tower Power, and on and on and on. Lucinda Williams, uh, the Dixie Chicks, Taj Mahal, Willis Allen Ramsey. Now, not many people have worked with Willis Allen uh, Ramsey. No. I have. Um, I presented him one time and talk about a quirky dude. Yeah. Tell me about working oh, yeah. with Willis Allen Ramsey.
1: Um, that was at a place, I think it was called the Magnolia Inn. And it was um gosh, what was it? it's right there by uh, um False River, Louisiana. Mm. Um I'm trying to think of the name of that town. A lot of annabalum stuff. It's you know, across cross the river, Natchez and um I cannot think of the name of the town, but this Tulu? No, no, oh. that's a Vicksburg. No, uh um, oh, this was like uh, wrong,
0: wrong crossing. Yeah,
1: um Anyway, anyway but, the, but the name of the, of the club was the Magnolia Inn. It was right. like an old motor court okay. that they had But it was awesome. But he came in, and he was uh, uh, just angry. You know, just like he was, you know, he didn't want to be playing there. It was a small place, and um, sound was not great. And just, you know, it's just one of those deals. But, but it was Willis Allen Ramsey, man, you know.
0: Well, when I worked with him, he was opening for uh, Emmylou Harris hmm. at Hallamow's, and— uh he he did a sound check and he complained about the sound, the system and yeah. the, everything the whole time. And then it, he came on and he played through one song and he just said, hey, y'all, I can't hear myself at all. Really appreciate you being here, but that's it for me. And he walked off the stage, and that was the, the end Man. of his show. <laughs> he said he couldn't do himself. So, but Good, what great. a! Fa- I love the guy. I love his the, well, the album. Know,
1: that that's just you know the whole story of why he's never done anything <laughs> exact- after that because right. he can't find a studio that can match the quality of and, and what he hears in his yeah, head.
0: It he yeah. can't be replicated. Yeah, that's I mean after ever, that
1: one record, Uh Ray Wiley Hubbard. I asked him. I said, "Well, how's Willis doing?" He said, oh, he's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well.
0: Talented dude. Um, so you burned out, it says, uh, in, the, in some of the information I read, right after 9-11, and you took a bunch of time off. you want to talk yeah, about um, well, how does it feel to burn out and then to, well, I, to get I, your flame I going again? Well, I can tell you
1: exactly. And, and I used to kind of be embarrassed about it, but then I was like, you know what? Uh, people hit a wall, and yeah. I hit you know being in the restaurant business i mean you can relate to that and too it's just sometimes you just hit a wall and right. we were touring um i had a manager that was in telluride colorado and and he was pushing us more as a jam band and we were well, we were playing i don't know 200 dates a year and um sometimes we were in buses sometimes we were in vans sometimes we were in planes i mean it was you know it was the deal you know it's yeah. what you
0: is the music work business. for
1: you know and <laughs> Uh, And we were playing at a place in Sarasota, Florida, and it was like a 500-seater, and we probably had 400 people in there, and um, this B3 player I had, he was playing this beautiful solo, and I was listening to it, I just locked in on it, and I looked at the audience, and no one was listening. And it just got to me that no one was listening. It's like, what are we doing here? You know. <laughs> right. And I took my guitar off in the middle of the song and put it on the stand and walked down the street, sat on a park bench, and just you know, boohooed. It's you know, like I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I'm done. And, yeah. I mean, I, and that was it. That was it. But um, you know, um, it led me to um, other things, and uh, you know, I, I did an art gallery in Clarksville called the Brick Gallery, and. Um, Got into you know as a restaurateur, um, chef, and you know I didn't plan on being a chef, but um, I couldn't find anybody that would work. So I was like, <laughs> you know, I can cook. I you know I kind of studied under you know this Cajun guy, but I never you know nothing, no formal training. Right. Um, and so, uh, but cooking for you know four people at your house to cooking for a hundred plates at dinner <sighs> is a different yeah. animal, you know.
0: It's the demise of most people who get into business. Somebody yeah. tells them they're a good barbecue cook, and then they open a restaurant, yeah. and that's the end of that story. Yeah. Or they can mix once, a drink. You know, once their like, money or all their investors' yeah. money has gone, so are they. Yeah. My guest today is uh, John Mohead. He's got a brand-new record out called Son of the South. Uh, in the first segment, we played a piece of the studio recording, the, the title tune, Son of the South. But now we're going to ask John to uh, open up his guitar case, get out his guitar, which he brought with him and play a song live for us here in the studio. It's a it's an audience of two. It's Kevin Farrell and myself. And this tune is from the first record. Oh, no, not the first. Was Lula City Limits the first record that you do?
1: Yeah, but uh, that song was not on there. Wasn't on uh it. No, that was not on there. I, that, that's, intro intro, the train leaving Lula. Uh, I was renting a house on Moon Lake, and um, I had a golden retriever named Betsy and... Uh, you could hear the train whistle blow in the town of Lula, which we probably—I don't know—it's a crow flies two miles from the train tracks. And the train whistle blew, and w- Betsy started howling. And I said, "Betsy, that's a train leaving Lula." And afterwards, I thought, "Hmm, might be a song." And that's why, I, you know, <laughs> immediately wrote that down. And um, and then at, later on, I was—I was actually living over on Euclid Avenue,
0: right um, here in, right in
1: yeah Yep. Uh Yeah. And. Started writing that song So Alright Train leaving Lula
0: Welcome back to our Third and final segment Of the Mississippi Arts Hour today I hope you're having A lovely Sunday And we are back In the studio With John Mohead. John welcome back in Thanks, and Kevin Farrell's here to keep us on track and out of the ditches. Th- thanks for bringing the guitar and playing uh, a live tune. Every now and then, it's great not to have all pre-recorded music. Thanks, oh, yeah. thanks for doing
1: that. I don't need much of an excuse. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you carry it around with yeah. you everywhere you go anyway. Have,
1: have, you? Like like Duff Duro said, have guitar, will travel. <laughs> that's right. That's right.
0: <clears throat> so you got a new record out. You uh, you own, operate, and are the sh- and you are the chef. Of Catherine's Moon Lake Restaurant, right? And this is a historic eatery on the shores of of the very famous Moon Lake.
1: Yes. It was uh, started in 1937 by Frank and Catherine Rossi.
0: Italian, uh, Irish uh, Italian. Yeah, yeah. she
1: was uh, County Cork, Ireland. He was was Italian. Okay. And uh, this basically was like it was their house. Their living quarters were in the back and— and they started, you know, doing food, and then they figured out they could sell, you know, liquor. And uh, that's when it, you know, went speakeasy style. But um, they operated, I guess, like until the up in the 70s. And it went through uh, two, maybe three other owners. And it had been closed for two years before I got it. Um, but I just felt like, like I said, it, the right brain drove me to it, you know.
0: But, but you had spent so much time on Moon Lake. At this place was a place that you knew well that you would i guess been many many times it yeah. felt personal to
1: you Yeah and um and I, yeah and I, but I just uh, like I didn't know what else to do you know like I, said, I didn't want to get back in the music Right <laughs> right at that time at
0: this time you now have a family right Yes. we're, we're fast forwarding through a lot of yeah. your career oh, here in uh, your bio but but during this hiatus this 12 years you took off from the music biz where you sort of had all you wanted this is when you Got married, raised a family. Yep. And so you're living on Moon Lake yes. with the family, thinking about, what am I going to do next? Do, am I going to be a musician? You, you've tried the art gallery, right? Yeah. And that did so Yeah, yeah.
1: We, we did really well with it. Um, now, are you
0: also a visual artist?
1: Yeah, I, I'm almost embarrassed to say yes. Um, okay. I'm, I'm <laughs> not, okay. Very, I'm not okay. very good. It's okay. It's the arts hour. Uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what do you do? You paint? Yeah, I yeah. Paint okay. some. Um You know, I'm I'm certainly no Gerald Deloach, but well, you know, um, but you know, I try to. I, there again, back to doing what you know and what you're looking at. I'm looking at cypress trees, you know, most of the time. So I try.
0: you did go to Delta State. So did you take Sammy Britt? Do you know anything about this henchy painting tradition?
1: I'm, I'm didn't take any of that. I'm, okay. I'm aware of it, but it kind of ends there. But it. Um, You didn't take painting classes at Delta State? No, What Um, were you
0: studying there? Finance?
1: Uh, Yeah, it was something really stupid for me. It was like a business major. Right, okay. I know. It's like, you know, there again, what was Is that the only
0: university you ever attended?
1: Uh, I went to Ole Miss. Ole Miss and Delta State. Okay. Uh, But that was all during the same, you know, am I going to move to Nashville? Am I going to stay there? Am I going to, you know, I was back and forth. Um, So
0: you you bought the rest, you bought the building? Yeah. You bought the... Everything. Everything. Yeah. You bought the building, the property, and the the name and yeah. and the, the business. And you've been open, what, eight years, something like eight that? Eight years, yeah. Bought it in uh, 2010.
1: And was, you're just now figuring out what to do. I mean, we. <laughs> it's know, about how long it takes. It's quite a learning curve, you know, as you well know. It, um, first year was a bloody disaster, you know, but um, thank goodness people stuck with us, you know, and it's just built and built and built.
0: Tell me about your menu. I think it's sort of New Orleans influence. Am I right? Yeah. About that?
1: Um, well, there were two things that we had to have, and uh, Catherine's was known for their salad, and they were known for their onion rings, which are on- onion rings were more like a um, funnel cake batter. Mm. Uh, really Puffy. different. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Yep. Um, uh-huh. What kind of onions do you use? Uh, they're like medium yellows. Uh, yeah. Yellow. You know? okay. Yeah. Um, They're not like those Vidalia's uh, sweets, you know, but too um, expensive, yeah, can't make any money, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you buy from Cisco too. (laughs) I have, (laughs) (laughs) um, but another funny story with that, I was, you know, I was trying to find, you know, none of these recipes were written down, of course, um, and everybody had died, you know, so. I just had to go on memory and process, you know, and cooking is a, it's a, you know, it's chemistry experiment, you know. Right. Um, and a friend, Randall, who's an executive chef uh, in Hollywood for a bunch of stars, he was in one day early when you know we were doing our prep. And I was just, I was like, Randall, I just can't figure out this onion ring thing. You know, all these old timers are telling me it's not quite there. It's not, it's you're not lacking. quite there, boy. Yeah, This is close. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Randall said, um, give me a beer. I said, Randall, it's not even open yet. It's like the register's not open. Right. It's like, he said, no, give me a beer. And I said, all right. And so I get him a beer. And we, he walks back to the kitchen, dumps it in the batter. And he said, now try that. And <sighs> we did. And voila. I mean it's just <laughs> that you was know, it. that yeast the missing secret the whole yeast ingredient. Thing. Yeah, that's that's all it was missing. And and yeah, you know, we've been rolling with it ever since. And
0: what about the salad? The salad or the salad dressing? Is this a Doze kind of thing?
1: Well, it's 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 a, basically a simple Italian salad, but um it's we use gorgonzola on it. And I think gorgonzola is the is a key to mm-hmm. it. And um we mix it. we we do the same thing that the doughs does. We You use toss the, it in the big yes, bowl. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you make um,
0: multiple at once. Yeah. Or? Yep. And so you're so so then you have fish and steak and all of the typical Blackened sort of American, dishes,
1: some, you know, some uh, crawfish sauces, you know, some you know I'm no saucier, but you know I, we, we can we can do a roux. Yeah.
0: Is, is the salad the only nod to the Italian, or do you do some red sauces and some pasta and yeah. stuff?
1: Um, well, you know, the Italians call it gravy. They don't call that's it right, you know, gravy. So yeah, we you know, so yeah, we do you know, simple spaghetti and meatballs and you know, we do some ravioli and um try to duplicate they they used to make their own ravioli and of course mm. no one has a recipe for that either. Uh, but that's that's or a, the patients. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's it's kinda like making tamales. It's All it's right. really, really you know, time consuming. You serve tamales? no no. no. I just I you know. That's that's a Greenville thing, you know. Yeah. I mean, so <laughs> you're too far to from let, Greenville. Yeah, let Greenville do their thing. Yeah. Um,
0: and you're open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and Sunday. Yeah. Now Sunday, like a brunch. Yeah, no. Buffet? no nice. It's just same old, same old. yeah. Morning. And, 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 and Sunday is,
1: is like the fun day for us because one, we're like, all right, this is this is our you know end of the week, right? And whatever we're you know left with, that's when I you know I'll do some kind of special with you know, hey, we got some crawfish left. Let's yeah. we need to blow through these, so let's. You know that sort of thing, and then the it seems we get more restaurant people on Sunday. You know, the industry in, is, people. Yeah, yeah. You know that everything else is closed right. up there, so that makes it fun.
0: And this is a family operation. Your wife is involved. Uh, my wife
1: Jennifer does is like our uh, publicist slash mm-hmm. hostess with the mostest. Yep. Um, um uh, actually, I've, I have brought my 14-year-old son I was say in. get is the it, kids buzzing tables oh, well, no. He was washing dishes, man. Oh, okay. like, you know, you put him at the worst, thing, <laughs> you know. Um, and it made him realize, it's like, you know, I want to do something else, I think.
0: <laughs> well, my daughter, who I had lunch with today, is, is, is firmly convinced she does not want to own and operate Allen House. You know, she got her fair share of that. Yeah. And that's good. It's yeah. okay. I wouldn't really wish that on anybody. You
1: know? Yeah. Well, it's, you know, they'll think you got to have ketchup in your blood, <laughs> and right. um, but sometimes maybe the ketchup doesn't stay there. Maybe you need a transfusion sometimes, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, so do you play at your own place? Do you have live music there? You know, we, occasionally we have a couple of times, but um, I have not. Everybody keeps saying I should, but it's like, you know, my, I put my ego away, you know, a few years ago, and I just, you know, I don't know. It's like... When, you, when you're cooking for people or it's your food, whether you're actually cooking it or it's your recipes or it's your restaurant, you're putting yourself out there. You're on the mm-hmm. stage. So if it's wrong or something's messed up, guess who's going to get blamed? You. So that's going to, you know, and hence me. Well, same thing when you're on a stage and you're playing, whether it's a band or whether it's solo, you're putting yourself out there. And I guess maybe that's why I'm drawn to the two things. You know, yeah. it's... Uh, i i say that i i don't want to do that but i keep going back to it so there must be some kind of adrenaline rush or something that makes me want to keep doing it and um you know on, on stage you know you play a wrong note or whatever it's you know it's all me it's all yeah. me so um i don't think i could stand being like a elvis in that uh what was it um that movie that Elvis was in and he comes out of the kitchen, takes his apron off and jumps on stage <laughs> right. and plays. You're not that guy. <laughs> no. No, no, at all.
0: You're not the guy that bursts out of the kitchen and starts singing, Oh, Mama
1: <laughs> no. Real. You know.
0: No. Yeah, okay. But, you know, there's a guy down in uh, Port Gibson who has the fried chicken place and he comes out of the kitchen and he sings. It's delightful. Who, but,
1: there were, you know, there was a guy that was in New Orleans. At the grocery store there. And he used to, he had full chef regalia and his whole shtick during his show was he would cook a pot of gumbo
0: oh yeah yeah I, I booked that guy a bunch of times um, at gumbo festival what was his name i don't remember but, uh, but yeah that was But, his but i thing. know that i know who you're talking yeah. about and i've worked with that guy during the whole set he cooked a pot of gumbo <laughs> and talked about it and played
1: songs about gumbo that, that could be your third career yeah I what was so, it that, the cajun uh, show, uh justin justin uh, wilson yeah maybe i, I guarantee. Guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> Put some, uh, you know, some overall, not overall, some uh, suspenders on, and yeah,
0: uh, he was a great storyteller, we loved him. So, are you going to go out and and support this record? So, yeah. you got to do some play in there, right? Yeah,
1: uh, I just you know, when I got into this and I told the uh, promotion people, it's like, are you you know, how committed are you on this? And it's like, look, I am committed, but I'm not going to play, you know every smoky bar that, you know, that an agent will put me in. I don't want to do that. I I want to, you know, this time around, I want to be heard. And, um, and where I'm getting airplay, I'll go play. And, you know, where I'm not, you know, I'm steer away right now. You Mm. know, just, um, I don't want to kill myself and go through all that again. And, and music's changed so much now, you Mm. know, it's just, it's a different game. It's, um, people don't really buy music anymore, you know, um, uh, this girl that I met who was uh, at Ardent, um, she'd put out some um, an EP, had it on Spotify, and had like over 100,000 downloads. And she said, how much money do you think I made? I said, I, you know, I don't know. She said, like, it was like $800. Good Lord. You know, it's like <laughs> you just, you know, there are people that do well with this, and you, you kind of have either you're going to go and be an entertainer do cover songs and entertain people and get paid well? Yeah. Or, you're going to be the artist, the uh, the starving artist, and you know you're going to do this, you know, the singer songwriter thing, or you know the original band music or whatever. But uh, you know, I'm convinced that we're like, you know, like in the '30s, '20s, and '30s, the jazz musicians. No one, I mean, no one was paying those guys. They didn't right. get any notice. They just um, they did what they did because they loved it and um they weren't thinking It's like oh man we're going to make have a million seller with this cuz they weren't going to get any airplay you know right. and i think we're at that stage now you know i think music is um is more regional you know um you know when we were you and i were in this albums and new release was a big deal sure now it's a new game right. you know the games are the new rock stars you know we're not no, <laughs> I'm we're not. certainly not, <laughs> you know, but it's just it's totally totally changed, yeah. and um since this is the arts hours like and I, I think we all have to figure out how to make people appreciate something that's created from nothing, you know, and taking it to fruition rather than you know what the new game or new app of yeah. the week is, you know.
0: Well, thank you for coming and uh, performing live for us and, and being my guest today on the Arts Hour, uh, John Mohead. And uh, you, my friend, will never be a starving artist because you are a chef and you own a restaurant.
1: There you go. <laughs> you know what? I, I I feel this has become a cliche, but I, I truly i am in a good place in life. And I'm, I'm happy. I've got a great family. I've got a, a great business. And, you know, if I get to go out and play some, you know, hey, that's, you know, Whipped cream on top. You
0: right. know? Well, congratulations on the new record, and uh, we'll come visit you and eat some salad and some uh, beer-battered onion rings. There you go. All right, John Mohead, thanks for being here. We'll see you next Sunday right here on the Mississippi Arts Hour. Until then.